You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is... Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our charity champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, the Boys and Girls Club of Waco. You know, I'd rather see the kids in the club than, you know, out there in the street. So that was our old motto, we're the club that beats the street. We sit down with Executive Director James Jarman and Board President Brad Sharp. Also in the studio, Chip Wilson, CEO of 360 Solutions, Dale Smith, Senior Vice President of Community Outreach for TFNB, and me, Randy Lane, Vice President of Marketing for 360 Solutions. And now, let's get to know our champion. This is one of the first Charity Champion podcasts that we're going to do, and we're excited because we have the Boys and Girls Club here with us today. So maybe we'll just start. James, maybe you can tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then pass it off to Brad, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. And I'm James Jarman. I'm the Executive Director of the Boys and Girls Club. Been back with the club since uh, September of 2014. It's my second go around. When I graduated from Baylor in, in 88, I came back and uh, I actually did my summer internship the summer of 88 at the Boys and Girls Club when I was at Baylor. Then they held a job position for me and said, if I want a job after I graduate, you know, come back and see them. So I did. Uh, I thought I was going to play pro ball. That didn't happen. So I said, okay, I got to get a job. So then I thought about the Boys and Girls Club. And, and then I went back, and, and John Lagoria was the uh, executive director then. And uh, he said, James, if you want to do this, I can teach you, well, you know, what the Boys and Girls Club mean, get you training, and, and get you acclimated into our organization. And that's what he did. So I started back with the club in 89, and I worked there from 89 until, until 97, until October 97, then I went back to Baylor as a football team uh, academic counselor and uh, academic advisor. And Brad, you're here with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your role? Okay. My name is Brad Sharp, and I'm the chairman of the board uh, of the Boys and Girls Club of Waco. I've been chairman for three years. I've uh, been on the board for probably around 10 years. I've been involved with the Boys and Girls Club a little bit before then. My father kind of got me introduced to the Boys and Girls Club back in the early 2000s when he was on the board, and then he was president before that. I uh, got involved with their golf tournament, and so I kind of started learning a little bit more about the club, kind of what they do for kids, then got on the board, I think, in 2007. Um, just kind of became a passion of mine when they asked me to be the chairman about three years ago. So wonderful. here we are. Okay, so for those that are listening to this and they don't have any idea what the Boys and Girls Club is, what it does, kind of its background, its history, all that kind of stuff, can you give us a 30,000-foot synopsis of what <laughs> is the Boys and Girls Club? Well, the Boys and Girls Club is a Waco. It's the oldest club in the state of Texas. It was actually born in, uh, in May of 1909. Wow. Yeah, so okay. it's been around a, a long time. Um, as my understanding that it was a couple ladies that – Wanted to get some kids off the street, and they, and then they started a, you know, a little club that called just a boys' club. They got the kids together every day after school and even during the summer, and and that's how it was formed. But the Boys and Girls Club is a it's a national program. Our national office is in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called the Boys and Girls Club of America, and we got tons and tons of alumni. Then the big superstars is Denzel Washington. 
Um, Alex Rodriguez, Shaquille O'Neal, Jennifer Lopez. So those are just some of the few national stars. But we got some local alumni here in town, uh, right down the street, University High School head football coach and their principal, uh, you mm. know, Rodney Smith, head football coach. And then uh, uh, Ricky Rose is the ladies' uh, men's basketball coach at MCC. And then the men's basketball coach at MCC, Kevin Gill, is a product of the Boys and Girls Club. He actually started his coaching at the Boys and Girls Club. When I was there and I was a branch manager at the Gonzalez branch, Kevin ran my gym. You know, he, he was a gym instructor and went to school up under, you know, the pastor's assessment. It was a program that Paul Meyer, uh, that he, he began for all the kids that went through the Boys and Girls Club and wanted to go to college. And Kevin was one of the first recipients of that scholarship as a staff member. And, and look, so we got some big superstars as well. So. Yeah, so where is it? Where, where um, are you located? We have two branches now. Back in the 90s, we had three branches. It was the Gonzalez branch, which was on um, 13th and Clay Street. And now we got the uh, Youngblood branch that is on the uh, 2020 Richter here in Beverly Hills. Okay. And our administrative branch, the uh, Joe Troy Brownfield branch, it's in North Waco on 21st and Alexander Street. Okay, so if I am a kid in the community and I want to be a part of the Boys and Girls Club, what do I do? Who do I talk to? How do I get involved? Any kid that want to come, they just, just come to our doors, them and their parents. It's a real simple application that they have to fill out. They got to be a boy or a girl between the ages of 6 to 18. They can live anywhere, any background. It doesn't matter. Just come fill the application out, and we charge a $25 registration fee, and then it's $15 a week. So $3 a day for a week, hey, we take care of your kids, and we, um, and we pick up from 18 different schools. Wait, you pick up. You have a shuttle service, or and we have four vans that we have. Two of them, uh, they're getting pretty old. They're being, <laughs> <laughs> and we're actually having them. You know, I'm having them all service this week. So you know, while the kids are out of school and away from the club, so, so we and we having them service right now, so we can be ready next week when they when they begin school back up. So we pick up from school. That's where ninety eight percent of our membership comes from right now. That we actually go pick up the kids from school. Because parents have a hard time getting off of work, sure. picking them up, and then come dropping them off at the club. So you primarily pick them up from school, and then they come to the club, mm-hmm. and what's the day look like? A day at the club after they get through, and we have what we call power hour. That's our tutoring and homework help, you know, after school. Okay. And the kids that don't have homework, they play in the game room while the other kids get through. And then when that last van get there, and then we also serve hot meals so they get a chance to eat while they're there that afternoon. Then we have a food program. It's what the program is called, uh, City Square. City Square. And, and then they bring in sometime it's cold, sometime it's hot. You know, it depends on what they're serving that week. And then the kids, you know, they get a meal. And after they get through eating, and then they can go in the in arts and crafts room, back in the education room, or they can go in the, in the game room or the gym. I was just recently watching 60 Minutes, and they did something. I don't know, maybe some of you that are listening to this or everybody that's in this room don't quite understand the gravity of how many kids don't get a regular meal on a daily basis. And it was shocking to me. I watched this 60 Minutes special of all these kids that go to school and fill up on breakfast and lunch because they may not get to eat again. Exactly. And it surprised me. And they were talking about the disparity between should we charge kids for meals at school or not. And there's kids that can't afford meals at school, and they weren't allowing them to eat. And those are the kids that need it the most. At my kids' school, Mountain View Elementary here in Waco, they said that there's about 70% of students are on free or reduced meals. And that, to me, is 
it shows a real need in the community for yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. Then that's one of the reasons why we offer meals all year long. Even during, during our summer program, WISD, then we join with them during the summer, and they serve breakfast and lunch every day. And then on Fridays, they bring sack lunches for the kids on Fridays, and then we can hand them out on Friday afternoon when the kids go home so they can have something to eat during the, the weekend. weekend. Wow. Yeah. So, Brad, you're a volunteer. If I was someone that wanted to volunteer and get involved, what are kind of the ways that I can help? You know, I have a lot of people ask me that, and, you know, I guess there's a lot of different ways you can help. You know, we are always in need of tutors, or if you want to come just, you know, help the kids with, you know, homework or with your good at arts and crafts. We're getting ready to get our technology center up and up and running, different things like that. Or if you're if you enjoy, you know, sports, uh, basketball, volleyball, you know, there's all kinds of ways to come and, and you know, volunteer for an hour or two. Well, is uh, there just any, be around the kids. Is there any big needs? I mean, is there a continuous need for X or Y in terms of volunteers? Or I mean, you already brought up the van, which completely understand that. That's always a transportation's a big need. Right. But in terms of volunteers, is there? Do you have a hard time getting people to help with anything specific? You know, James, you know, a lot of we and James can touch on it more. You know, we get a lot of a lot of help from different organizations at Baylor, you know, different organizations around the community, you know, will come in and, and lend a hand if we need it. Some have come and done some painting, done some upgrades on the on the buildings. Our, our buildings are very quite old. Um, but I think James like, you know, tutoring and um, different things like that for the kids. With our athletic programs, we partnership with the Doris Miller YMCA. We play in their leagues. Uh, we did uh, a flag football. We just finished flag football, basketball. Be, then that season, and then it jump starts on 25th of January. So we may have a, a, about three or four teams in their basketball league. Always in need of basketball coaches. You know, and it's easy to do. They just come by and see me, and we pay for the teams. I get the teams so the coach ain't got to worry. And the kids don't pay. Then our club, we pay for our teams to play in the leagues so it don't cost our kids anything just you know, being a member of the club. Hmm. And if they want to help coach, hey, they can come. I'll do a background check, you know, on everybody. It's very simple. You know, the national office, and we pay $2 there for every background check that we do. So it's very, you know, affordable to us. And that's some of the programs that our national office offer. You know, if anybody who have the skills, the basketball skills, and have the time, I think our kids probably play about one or two games a week. So if you want to put the time in, we, we got gym so they can – Dang, I worry about having practice time. You know, they just come and just give me a little time, and, you know, our kids will benefit from it. So so how many kids are involved in Waco now? We have a total about a little over 400 members, and then we average about a, a little between the two clubs, between 120 and 130 a week. So. Wow, okay. So where does your funding come from? How do you, how do you pay for all of this? <laughs> well, we have a foundation. Our foundation gives to us uh, every month. Paul Meyer, he started the Waco Boys Club, Inc. Foundation. And then we also, we charge a little membership, but, you know, some, I got a lot of own scholarships because some parents can't pay that 15. But if they can't pay it, I tell all my parents, come talk to me. And then because I don't, you know, I'd rather see the kids at the club than, the, you, know, you know, out there in the street. So, and that was our old motto, you know, with the club that beats the street. So I have a board of directors. My board of directors, they've been great, you know, and without them, and the club wouldn't have survived because, you know, with, you know, and with Brad leadership and the guys I have, I have a board of, uh, of 18 right now, and, and it's an active board. And, and from where we were when I first started, and when I got there, the doors, when I walked in the doors of September 2nd, uh, 2014, I went back and told my board, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was you know, from the board situation, from the club, 
just appearance of the club and then the debt that we were in and then, you know, not much help that was being there and then the lack of facilities and, and everything. It took a team and, and we have fundraisers. We did three fundraisers this past year. We did a casino night, a, uh, a, a reverse raffle, and we did a golf tournament. With the reverse raffle and the golf tournament, we kind of teamed up with the Northwest Awesomeness Club. So we kind of partnered with them, and, and we had two good fundraisers fin- you know, to finish the year. And we got cut short this year, too. We had a couple of fundings that we were had in, in, in our back pocket for years, but the United Way funding was down, and, and we didn't get much from them this past year. And we, didn't, and we have a bingo operation, and we play at the, um, at the Melanie Ranch on the circle over there, and the bingo's been down these last couple of years. So we went from getting, you know, from bingo about forty thousand a year, forty thousand a year to about three thousand this past year. Yeah, so. and I just read the paper; it's up for sale. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. you know, it, it, it like you said, it takes a team. You know, we yeah. you know we've got two buildings. We've got we've got bills we got to pay every month. You know, board of directors are probably over the next year. We'll probably add a few more directors just to branch out. You know, it seems like on a lot of fundraisers we hit the same people and we've got to uh, diversify to to different people so we're not always hit on the same people raising money you know yeah. every year so what would happen to these kids if they didn't have a place an outlet to go like the boys and girls club well i hate to even think about it um we're not the only organization in town but you know like i said we're the cheapest <laughs> we're the most affordable and then without us i mean it, it just be more kids out there in the streets, then you'll see more kids in the street, probably see more kids getting ran over, see more kids, get, you know, robbing and stealing. And, and and that's something that, you know, that we don't want our juvenile center, you know, it's full enough. So we want to try to get those kids before they get to that point. And then all three organizations, you know, the Boys and Girls Clubs, the YMCAs, and then the City Rec Program, we all need each other because there's enough room for, you know, for all the kids, you know, in the city to, you know, to go to any one of these programs. So, but I hate to see even one of us, you know, have to have to close our doors. It would be a tragedy. When I moved here 20 years ago, there was a, a bit of a reputation that Waco was a, a rough town, mm-hmm. you know, and that there were certain parts that, mm-hmm. like any town, I guess, but yeah. it was a, a little rougher than most small towns. Now, personally, I think it's gotten a lot better over the yeah. last 20 years, yeah. and it feels a lot better to me. And maybe that's just because I love Waco, and so I'm I'm seeing what I want to see. Have you seen it change over the last 20 years with the youth and and, yeah. and the programs that are helping? When I first got involved with the Boys and Girls Club in the 90s, you know, I lived over on uh, 10th and Spate. And so I rode my bike to work because I was able to go up Spate and hit 11th Street and, and drive on down to Clay and then hit 13th Street on Clay, you know. And um, that was a rough part right there in, in South Waco. And, you know, it was a K. Ross Center. You know, I remember one night I was riding home and I was going through K. Ross and some guys down the corner said, hey, who was that? Who was that? Kids, oh, that's James. Let James go. He's fine. Thank <laughs> 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 goodness they knew who I was. <laughs> that's good to know who I was. <laughs> exactly right. But I can see, you know, I can see, you know, I can see a change because knock on wood, um, you know, a lot of our centers back in the, you know, back in the 90s, they were getting, you know, broken into, you know, getting destroyed and stuff. But but now, you know, I thank God that, that, you know, I haven't had that much going on, you know. Had nobody broke in and had nobody, you know, destroyed any properties. It's like the kids now, they, you know, they're taking more pride. In, and we see kids, you know, I would love to get more kids in the neighborhoods at, at, at each of our branch that can walk to the club and, and you know, and come on in. So um, those are some of the kids that I would like to reach to because a lot of them just, you know, I kind of get mad when I leave the club and I drive down the street and I, 
see kids out in the yard playing. Say, man, why you not? Why you not in the club? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, but um, and that's something that I got to get out and research and find out. You know, why you're not there? What's going on? Talk with their parents and see, hey, then all of y'all are welcome. And if you can't afford it, let me know because we can get people that can. You know, we're going to try to do some things in the future that you know we can have some. You know, some people to. Uh, you know, can can back those kids to, you know, where they can come to the club and don't have to be out there playing, out there running the streets and everything. You talked about how these you see these kids, they're out playing, maybe not a lot of adult supervision. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of kids, their parents are working, they're both working, maybe two jobs, all this stuff. Why is it important for them to have some adult supervision and some mentorship in the afternoon when they could otherwise be idle because their parents are working? Well, because if they're latchkey kids and they're at home by themselves, you know not much homework is getting done. Yep. And you know our WISD system, you know, we then we got about five schools that's in trouble of being of being closed. So when those parents have to work and, and WISD is and they're feeling it too because if those parents gotta work, they're not home, you know, backing their kids at school, backing their kids doing the homework. So when their kids come in, what's the last thing to do? I've been in school all day. I'm not gonna do no homework right now. <laughs> I'm going outside, my mom not here, I'm going outside, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna do this and do that. And that's what the kids are doing. That's a big, big problem. But in today's time, you know, and I will, you know, if these kids want to eat, they want a place to live, those parents have to work. And mm-hmm. and that's the biggest problem. So I'd like to see, you know, more of them take advantage, you know, you know, of our programs, you know, if not mine, you know, the city of work, you know, all the, all the YMCAs, because, you know, each one of us, we do offer the help, you know, education-wise and, and everything. So If I was a parent and I was – deciding whether or not to send my kid to the Boys and Girls Club, why why would I pick to send them there versus any other options that might be available? Well, one thing because of the price. <laughs> and, and and another thing that, you know, and I got people that work for me that really cares about kids. They got kids. I got several of my staff members who have three and four kids that, that bring their kids to the club, and they see how it is. And I got several parents that bring their kids to the club, because they were told something, and then once they get there, they see, hey, that, that's not how it is. It is a lot better. They know we got people that care and people that want to help the kids and the people that want to see the kids, you know, succeed. And they're not getting paid much. We're not getting rich over there. <laughs> what? And, and working with kids, you know, you're not going to get rich, you know. And that's where you do get rich by giving back and helping to the kids. And that's where I got people that are working for me who really care. And, and then they give a lot what they have and what they own you know, to help other people. So how do you keep it safe? If I'm a parent thinking, man, I'm not going to send my kids over there. I've heard some, they're rough over there. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you monitor that and make sure that the kids that are there are actually safe and, and, and getting what you want them to get? We talk to our parents. We communicate. Main thing, communication. And, you know, I, and, and I just thank God now I haven't had anybody walk up, come get a kid that's not supposed to get a kid. And, and we ain't never had that. So I don't want that to ever happen. So so, you know, me, you know, us as a board and we putting things in tap and in place that where it's going to better, you know, help support us and help keep us safe if something something like that do happen. So how would we learn more about you? I mean, obviously, this podcast and we do you have a website? Do you have other places we can go to learn more about how to get involved? Yeah, web, website, uh, Facebook, we have an Instagram, too, but we try to website and Facebook's probably um Probably the two places. Um, that's probably the best place. It kind of tells you tells a little bit more about our story. And we partnered with. I got a 
a great friendship going with Hey WTX. Julie Hayes is is, yep. is one of my best friends, and and also it does help too that I got a husband on my board. So oh well, that helps too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they advertise for us and get things out for us. They put stuff on their website for us, and then the board we go out, you know, and then we talk and and we try to put things out and and get our word out as much as possible. So if you want to become a board member on our board, you know, for a long time. It was just kind of come to meetings a couple times a year, and, and it wasn't very active. It wasn't a whole lot of engagement. So now, you know, we talk to our board, give them some expectations. And we do, when we do have a fundraiser, you know, we expect all of our board members to jump on the bandwagon and go out there and help help bring people to the fundraisers, help raise money. And we have that, so that's what's so exciting right now that we haven't had in the past. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you guys tell me some stories about some of the kids that you've helped and some of the progress you've seen with some of, some of the kids you're working with? I know we got a couple of kids now that's uh, that was struggling in school and then with their grades and stuff. And, and I got some strict parents. I mean, I got some mothers that um, say, hey, my kid's not going to play in this flag football game or this basketball game because he didn't take care of this, he didn't take care of that. So, so they come to us, say, Jay, he's not going to play. I say, hey, I, I agree with that. And we talk to several of those kids, say, hey, you know, you not only, you know, I try to teach them now that a team sport is, is something that's going to, you know, help build you when you become older because that's, I think, you know, I think that will kind of, you know, you know, uh, help me when I was, in, when I were young and I kind of raised my son. If you don't take care of things in the school, then you're going to miss out on, on extracurricular activities. And then you're not only hurting James, but you're hurting than your team as well. So I got a, you know, I got several parents that, that pulled some kids off their, you know, off the flag football team because they didn't take care of business in school. You know, we ended up having to forfeit our last game and we should have won the league. So we didn't get a chance to win the league because we had a couple of kids that couldn't play that, that would have helped us. So those kids see that now. And then these last few weeks when we was open before they got out for holidays, should have seen those kids, they coming in, getting that work done and, <laughs> and yeah. taking care of business. So. <laughs> Is there anyone specifically that you've seen really come a long way since you started working with them or her? We had a young lady um, last year in April when we had our big our big uh, fundraiser with Art Browse and Baylor. And um, it was called The Winning Drive. And we interviewed a young lady, that her and her kid, that's a member of the club. We interviewed them, and Julie did a segment on them. And when that young lady, when she first came to the club and her mom dropped her off, she cried every day. Didn't want to stay. She was, you know, to herself, very clean. But mom had to work. Mom said, babe, you got to stay with, with mom. Glee, just drop her off and leave, drop her off and leave. But today, a, she, she's, she's one of my brightest young ladies. She talks. She even did the interview for us. I mean, and she's just an, a, a flower now. I mean, and when mom comes, she's playing. Mom, hold on just a second. Just a second. <laughs> so so that that young lady right there, you know, that's something that, you know, the club, they brought out of her shell. And she's a little flower now, one of the best students and, you know, one of the best kids that she, and she loved. I get hugs every day. You know, the, <laughs> I mean, she's just a, and, and she's a doll and a blessing to be around. So I know I'm super busy, so I can't even imagine volunteering time. Why did you choose Boys and Girls Club, and, and what kind of stuck out to you that made you want to volunteer? With my dad, you know, he back in the 2000s, he always had me playing the golf tournament with him. And then the more I learned, you know, he's, he goes, I really want to get you, you know, involved in the Boys and Girls Club. And I had a golf store at the time, Tease Golf, and so we would always do something for the golf tournament. And just, you know, just kind of learning about the story, learning about these kids. You know, we mostly serve, you know, lower income, you know, kids like we had talked about earlier, you know, the meal they eat at our our facility at five o'clock that might be the last meal they get for the evening so just knowing you know that the kids are our future I know that's kind of cliche it's what everybody says but 
you know, being able to help these kids in case, you know, things aren't great at home, to be able to provide role models, you know, there for boys and girls. It just kind of hit my heart and just kind of knew that this was something, you know, I wanted to do. There's a lot of nonprofits out there, especially that have come up in the last few years. We're one of the few that, that just involves kids, involves helping kids. Um, and helping kids that are in different situations, may not be in great situations, home situations. So that's kind of what drew me to getting more involved. So what specific needs do you have right now? Besides money and volunteers, because everybody says money and volunteers, but is there anything specific that anybody listening to this could help you with? Let me say something real quick on, on this. Our goal is to serve more kids. You know, we, we service so many right now. We've got four vans. And that's why we need more vans. But there's different ways we're going to try to implement. But that's our biggest goal is because there, there's a need, especially in the WISD, for our services and, and for our after-school programs. So our big goal and our big push the next couple of years is to, to serve as many kids as we possibly can. And piggyback off of that, you know, I got a 2001 and 2002 van. And, and one of them I had to have the, an engine re, redone, um, you know, earlier this year right before the summer hit, and, um, and without those vans, and then that means that um, we can't go get our kids. And then if we can't go get our kids, and then, you know, our numbers will go down, and, and, and then for you, what our national office, you know, would like for us to do, and, and then what the United Way would like for us to do, you know, is all about numbers, how many you serving and everything. That'll hurt us even, even more. And also will hurt some of the parents because, you know, a lot of them are, with, are without transportation, and they have somebody else coming to pick up their kids, so, you know, several days during the week. So with our vans, that's our, you know, our transportation, and that's our means of getting the kids in the doors. But during the summer, you know, parents, they bring and drop kids off, which is great. But during the school year, that's where our parents need us. And without those vans, we couldn't do what we do. And without the kids, and then, you know, staff will lose their jobs, and, you know, everybody needs their jobs. So everybody needs to work these days. Unless you was, you know, you won the lotto or you got a big pile of money somewhere. So, <laughs> I heard you talk earlier about the uh, tutorship or tutoring program. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about that? What it is is um, I hadn't been in school in a while, and some of my staff hadn't been in school in a while. So we try to tutor the kids the best what we know. In today's school, I don't know what they're teaching. We all getting the same answer, but how we're getting there is totally different. So... You know, that's why we can use a lot of more volunteers because if they know more what the schools are teaching, you know, how they're teaching them, we can help serve our kids even better, you know, with their, you know, helping with their homework and everything too. That's why we get in a computer lab so we kind of go online and we, because a lot of schools, they do things, you know, with technology now, iPads and, and then computers. So we got our computer lab that then we're going to be able to service our kids even better who need the help with homework, and they can, we can go online and look, say, okay, this is what they taught today, and then this is what the, you know, the teacher wants done and how they want it done. So, but, but we do. We help with homework, and when, when we help them that, you know, with, uh, you know, with learning how to spell and, and math. You know, I was taught how to do math, is, you know, algebra and geometry. I remember how we did it back in high school, but they teach them a whole different way. Right. But, but we're coming up with the same answer. How many tutors do you need? It's hard to put a number on it, but if we can get it, you know, if we can average at least three or four or five a day, you mm-hmm. know, three to five a day, that would help tremendously at both branches. That would help tremendously. Yeah. And as a tutor, I'm assuming that you begin to develop uh, a relationship with the person that you're tutoring, and right. maybe that's where the mentoring comes in mm-hmm. as you develop that relationship. Exactly. When any volunteer come in our club and, you know, they spend, I have a good example, this summer, 
I had two kids that, that went to Waco High. They go to the University of Texas now. These two young ladies, they worked at the Brownfield branch the whole summer. They, they volunteered. They didn't work for me, but they came in. They was there at least three to five days a week the whole summer, and our kids loved them. They, they brought in different ideas. You know, they helped with arts and crafts. They did um, other things. You know, they played games with the kids. And they just came in every day. We, we opened up from 730 to 530. Those girls was there about 8 o'clock. They come in, bring their lunch, and they sit there. And, and I wasn't paying them. They were getting hours. It was actually They was actually getting their hours for school. And I told them I would love to sign off on that. Those girls, it was like another staff member. And mm-hmm. they went on field trip with the kids. That's the type of you know volunteers that, that I'm looking for. And I told those two girls, next summer, I want y'all to come back. I'm going to hire those two girls as a staff member because I see what they can do, how they interact with the kids. Those kids, once you come volunteer, I'm going to tell you, those kids cling to you. And they get to know you, and they'll never forget you. And they, mm-hmm. and those kids just want someone you know to love on, know that somebody right. care, know that they can trust that they're gonna be there. And those girls was there all this past summer, almost every day. You know, of our whole three months that we was open, I guarantee you they were there for at least over two and a half months for the whole summer. Well, it sounds like to me, James, the tutoring is the the ready-made opportunity that you have for volunteers Mm -hmm. to develop those relationships with the kids. Exactly. Next question, have you gone van shopping yet? Not yet, but uh, when that time when they tell me go, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have money to go van shopping, right? <laughs> Do you have any idea about how much it would cost for the van that you want? We did some research on it, and I think a good used van, or even a you know a brand new van, that would be excellent. But we got one that was donated last year during our Art Bras Win and Drive, and I think it was right around twenty. I think. It was like twenty thousand, and um, and that van is is one of it. It was a great used van, and. Um, so these are big, like fifteen passenger 15 vans, passenger the passenger big van. ones. Uh-huh. Jeff Hunter and uh, Jeff Hunter, special restoration, rest, and then uh, Ratliff and Ratliff Redmonds. They all teamed up and 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 put in for us and bought us that van. And I'm gonna tell you, it's, it's a joy. It's a joy. If I can get at least a couple more, that would be that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. All so. right. Well, that's what we'll be praying for. Okay. Thank you. And I want to thank uh, Charity of Champions. When they first called me, I, I thought it was a. It was a prank somebody playing on me. said, no, you got to do this, this. I told him, well, we had to do it. And then I came back and tried to explain to my board, say, I don't know what it is, but we got to go on the field at the Baylor game. And then going through this process, I'm a big fan. And I thank you all for, you know, everything that you put into it. I got a chance to meet with Mr. Smith. We sit down and talked, and, and he want to make it even better. And I'm glad we got in when we did because now they're going to, you know, they're trying to make the charity champion even better. And, and to make it even better than what it's doing now, hey, I'm glad that, that we are on board. I'm looking to, you know, I'm looking forward. I'm planning on being at all of the uh, uh, seminars, and I done got my – my staff has already done signed up to Wonderful. tend to come to you know at least two of them. Great, and then you know me and Brad plan to be in at them. But then we're going to put the invitation out to my board members for them to pick the ones that they want to come to. We want to be involved. We want to uh, you know see what all you got to offer. And it looks like that. It's just going to help us run our organization even that much better. So, yep. I, you know, I appreciate everything. Well, that James, I want to say this. We appreciate you and Brad and all the people that work with you because of your frontline efforts to provide opportunities for people to get involved in the lives of kids who need people to get involved with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so were it not for groups like yours, where would we have those opportunities? You're filtering and you're organizing and you're preparing that opportunity for people in Waco to get involved. So there's no excuse that the opportunity is not there. It's there. Right. Mm Mm-hmm.
And I appreciate it because my goal, uh, you know, by being with the Boys and Girls Club is uh, my mom always told me when I was young, whatever you do, wherever you go in life, make it a better place than when you leave and then when you got there. And that's what that's what my main goal is. You know, I'm not looking for, you know, all the stardom and all that. That's I'd rather be in the back door. I'll tell you that. I'd rather be coming through the back door, not being seen. If being seen and being heard is going to help our organization even more, even though with me stuttering, hey, I'm going to come on here. I'm going to stutter my way through. That's all right. No problem, man. We appreciate it. We really do. You're doing a great job, and I, I can tell you that uh, Waco is better because uh-huh. of you and because of Brad and, and everybody that helps out the Boys and Girls Club. We're excited. I, I'll be honest. I don't know that much about it, but now that we've spent a little bit of time together, I'm a lot more interested in it. I'm five foot nothing, but maybe I can come <laughs> play basketball sometime and hang out. And I got you know, some kids. They do. will challenge you. They, you know, they think they can beat me in everything, but <laughs> I, I whip them in table tennis. Thanks for coming in today. Y'all are welcome back anytime you want. And uh, anything we can do to help, we will. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampionsforlife.com and find the nominate button at the top of the page. You can also find more information on this podcast and all our charity champions at charitychampionsforlife.com. We'll see you next time. Music